Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. This week in recognition of Pride Month, we're talking about understanding and supporting our non-binary and transgender children. Although the LGBTQ plus community has gained more acceptance and support over the years, statistics show that most people remain closeted in fear of discrimination and that transgender youth are at serious risk for depression, suicide, and victimization compared to their cisgender peers. So today I am joined by Camden and his dad, David, to talk about identifying as transgender. Welcome, you two. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Cam, let's start with you. Um, Can you share a little bit of your story on Mm -hmm. when you first identified as transgender and what that was like? Yeah, so um, I was in college when I came out as transgender. Um, I had, I went to really small private Christian college um, that it it was a little weird with LGBT things, but um, overall, like the students and the faculty were always super supportive. Um, And there's another transgender student on campus, but it didn't really click for me until I, my friend was like, hey, you gotta watch this YouTube video. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And I was like watching this YouTube video um, and this individual um, was going over like definitions and going over like what certain things were within the, the gender construct and like, being like what's transgender versus non-binary and you know all the umbrella terms and like as they're explaining it I was like oh there's a word for like what I'm feeling and I think I kind of knew my entire life because growing up I always wanted to hang with my brother I wanted to do whatever my brother and his friends were doing um And I always wanted to fill the masculine role with my friends. And um, when uh, I went to a summer camp and we always had a lip sync night and every time I was like, I want the dude role. Like, I don't want anything else. I don't have to wear dresses, no. Um, But I didn't have the terminology to put, to explain what I was feeling until college and like when that happened it clicked and I remember I like called my parents like probably like a week later after that and like had that fun conversation um with being like hey so this is me um and it was a tough conversation for sure because obviously your parents um at that time knew me as 21 for 21 years as their daughter and for me to be like, um, so actually I'm your son now, uh, and I use he, him pronouns and I go by Camden. 
Um, that's a lot to take in for anybody. It doesn't matter if it's parents or it's friends. It is a lot to take in. And I think that was one of my biggest things with my coming out as much as it was uncomfortable to have those conversations. It was really important for me to allow my parents to ask the questions that they needed to. And I knew that they are gonna ask them wrong and they're probably gonna come off the wrong way, but I needed to allow them to have that dialogue because then it allows me to correct them be like, hey, here's a better way to like ask this question in the future or hey you probably shouldn't ask that to someone um but being able to be okay with really uncomfortable dialogue with your parents was like something that was really important for me in my transition and I know it's like a lot easier said than done for like anybody coming out whether it's gay trans lesbian bisexual whatever in the whole queer spectrum um, it's not an easy conversation to have, but I think it's super important to have as the individual coming out is to be, learn to be uncomfortable or rather be comfortable with the uncomfortable in like right. situations. I think that's really important is you were able to realize this is not going to be something easy to understand or accept. So I'm gonna be open about that because I think that's really hard. David, when Cam came to you and said, hey dad, I'm your son, what went through your mind at first? And I know people listening are gonna relate. <laughs> well, you know, I think initially because the first time you hear it, um, you know, as a parent, you're, you're concerned that did they go through I mean how do you know that yeah I mean what I mean we always knew that um Cam was you know never liked to wear dresses do boy things that we you know but I think you know our impression was that it was he was just going to be kind of a butch gal you know somebody that dressed more like a guy than a gal and you know but other than that I mean I think that was kind of where you might have thought, you know, Cam would have gone. So when you start talking about a trans type situation, uh, it becomes way more serious because you're thinking about, well, I mean, if there's surgery involved, you can't really undo those kinds of things if you're gonna have surgery with transgender i mean those questions start coming out are you you know what what does that mean but you also ask a lot of the questions have, have are you you sure you when you get to be you know 28 29 30 are you going to change your mind and you know because as a parent that's you don't want your child to commit to something that in your mind could change yeah because you don't know how committed we didn't know how committed Cam was at that point when he first shared that with us. And so we did ask a lot of questions, um, you know, and it really wasn't even questions about surgery at that point. 
it's, you know, well, how do you know? And you do get the feeling that because of the way the world is and everything is so open, were there things in that Cam was exposed to that might have made him think that that was the direction he was going to, but that's really not where his heart was. You know, you don't know. And you know that those kinds of decisions from what I was a uh, teacher in high school for 22 years. And we had a pretty liberal open school with regards to um, LBGQ things as schools go. Mm -hmm. But you also see the bullying that can take place. And as a parent, you're, you feel like your child is going into a realm that's going to make life way tougher. And you, and you never, I mean, as a parent, you never want, you know, your child, you always want your child to be happy and you always want, and, and, and so, you know, you start thinking through, well, wow. Um, you know, I know what my experience, I, I know that there's people that are biased out there. There's mean folks. There's always going to be mean folks. There's going to be people that won't accept this. Um, so I think that's, you know, where you start asking all those questions. Well, you're sure about this, you know, because man, that's going down a road that that's not going to make your life any easier. Um, so yeah, I, I, there was a, there's a lot of time. I mean, when you ask what were we thinking at the very moment that he shared that it's difficult to go back because we've gone through so much since that time that, you know, sometimes if I share things, they may be things that we came to after a period of time, yeah. not that first moment when Cam shared, you know, that fact. I think there was, there was a lot of silence when he first said it, you know, because as a parent, you're going, well, now what do I say? <laughs> process, process. <laughs> what, what do I, what do I say now? And again, anything we said, whether it was wrong or right, was always, whether we ask a question wrong, with the thought that we want our child to be happy. Yeah. And you're just wanting, so you ask a lot of those, you know, questions to try to get them to go down a, a road in life that would be easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, David, I'm, I, I appreciate you asking those too, because I think we're saying that too, because I hear this from a lot of parents. And I mean, I think it is a very natural place to go is how do you know? Right. Because so there's kind of those two things. It's the, how do you know? Why, why is, you know, dressing differently or dressing more masculine? Why is that enough? How are you sure? And that fear of, I've also heard the fear of, and even Cam said, I saw it on YouTube, which immediately I get where you're coming from, but you also parents go, well, crap, if he hadn't seen that YouTube video, would he have ever, would he have been okay as he was before? So right. Cam, explain to us a little bit, um, as a cisgender, um, people, how do you know, or how did you know for sure that you were not born the right gender or you didn't identify as that gender? Um, so for me, obviously with 
like YouTube and social media. That is a big concern with a lot of parents. My parents brought it up. Um, and it's hard to make them see that it wasn't because of social media um, because it is, it's, it's not great by any means now, but like, it is so much more accepted in social media and YouTube and movies and social situations now um, that people are feeling more comfortable to post these things. So we're seeing more of it, but we were always here. It's just that we weren't in a place like until the, the past like six, seven years that it's been safe enough to post videos about it. Um, because like you had commented on some of the statistics at the beginning, um, it is, it's like, it's, it, that was one of the things that crossed my mind. I was like, yo, statistically transgender individuals do tend to get Mm, what's the word I want to use targeted more I guess um and it and it is different so like for me I'm transitioning into a, a white male white males don't really have issues that a like even a male to female like a male transitioning a female is not going to have is going to have way more problems than a white female to male mm -hmm. because socially it's acceptable to be more masculine and it's still frowned upon to transition into something feminine because it's like there's still that hierarchy um and then you have people of color who also get a lot more targeted in their day-to-day -day life just because of the color of their skin and then add on transitioning on top of that. Um, so, and I don't say these things to like scare the parents or scare people who are trans and want to transition. It's like, Hey, you just need to be aware of this because down the road, I'm not saying you're ever going to experience it. I have yet to experience any of it, but like, uh, maybe once, but like, still, like, it's still something that you need to be aware of because there are people like my dad was saying that are stuck in their ways. And regardless of how much you sit down and talk to them and try to explain things that they are not going to get it or agree with it. And they're just not going to like you because they don't agree. Um, and so it's just a, and this is with anyone in a minority is like, whether you're in the LGBTQ plus community, whether you're a person of color, whatever it is, like there's always gonna be someone who doesn't like you. So you need to be prepared for someone who doesn't like you and how you're gonna react to that. But it took me a long time to understand how to get there. And like, for me, like actually knowing who I was to get back to your question. I'm sorry, I went on a tangent, but um, I didn't really 
solidify like that this this is it i know until let's see so sophomore year of college and then it was like 2000 i have to do math 2017 ish and then i didn't actually start transitioning till 2020 oh, wow. um it was um and I went through a lot of steps with that because obviously I did hear what my parents were saying and I was like okay maybe I need to take a second and like go over this because obviously hormones are a big change like yeah some things go back to normal but like if I were to stop hormones right now my voice is going to stay the same and my facial hair is going to stay the same but then my like fat distribution will go back to normal my menstrual cycle will start back up like all these like those bodily things will stay but like we'll go back to their biological origin versus you know um so there's a lot because like it's a it's a big deal with like surgeries and stuff um and I had a really hard time being confident in myself and I part of that was because I knew my parents weren't super like I mean I never questioned that my parents loved me like that was never a question it was just a matter of them supporting me I guess um and so I that played a role into it but like ultimately like when it really kicked in and I was like, oh, I need to transition is um, I hit a really bad like depression streak and um, was in therapy and all these things. And one Saturday morning, I woke up at 9.03 and I remember it because it was such an awakening moment for me. Out of my sleep, I was just bawling and I called my parents and I told them I was like listen if I can't transition I will kill myself mm-hmm. and that was it for me and I've never felt something so sure in my life ex- like in that moment um and I don't know if my parents I don't I can't speak for them when I told them that um but like I think for them they're like we might not agree with this, but like, this is what our kid is telling us. And they took that at face value and just trusted me. And they're like, cool, what do we need to do to like, get you to a place, you know? Um, and so I've now been on testosterone for two years. I am a year and a half post-top surgery. Um, and I think, at least I'd like to think <laughs> that over time, they've seen the psychological and emotional change that has taken place because I'm starting to live my truth and my authentic self. Um, Because genuinely, I am more happy as a person and like in my day-to-day life. And that's not solely because I like transitioned. It's a big part, but, I also did like three years of therapy post transition, like 
a year up to my transition and then two years after my transition. And I think that's something important that young trans people need to hear is like, hey, even with transitioning, you're going to feel freaking awesome when you are allowed to start transitioning and like go through those steps. But it's not going to fix everything. It's not a fix it all pill. Um, and so it's important to sit down with yourself and identify the things that you can change now um, with with just within yourself and working on things and then what is something that you can't change and the only way you can change that is transitioning like and going through those things and figuring out how to go about that because transitioning is great and it's ultimately like gonna boost everything like 90 percent, but there's still gonna be like 10 percent that doesn't have to do with transitioning that you're gonna eventually have to figure out mm -hmm. but um yeah so I think it was it it was it was like a three-year thing where I was going back and forth like there was one time where I got um approved to start hormone therapy and I chose to not start it because I wasn't sure yet and like I was just like I just don't I don't know um but I think what's important is regardless of who or what you who you listen to or what you read everyone's transition is going to be different just because like I may be able to have be really comfortable in the uncomfortable situations with people and like be able to ask those questions or sorry not ask those questions but answer those questions um doesn't mean everyone's that comfortable to do that and people whoever you are just need to know that it's okay that someone's not there yet um I think it's just the the most important thing is while you may not understand it at all and you might not agree with it support is the biggest thing because if you like I know for me like my parents said some really tough things to me during like my beginning years and like I've forgiven them for it but like it still sticks with me it's still stuff that I know um and so for me it's like that parents response plays a role in mental health when coming out regardless if you're coming out as trans or somewhere within the queer spectrum whatever it is parental response plays a huge part into that person accepting themselves and loving themselves because obviously as a kid you look up to your parents and you're like yo you brought me into this world and I want to make you proud and I want you to love me and be happy that I'm your kid and we already know coming out is gonna mess with that so it's hard to balance that as a parent. I mean, I can't speak to that, but I can only imagine that like, it's hard to balance knowing that that's what your kid is seeking validation. And then also like sharing your concerns with them in a way that doesn't invalidate them. And that's, I think that is a really difficult thing. And David, I wanna to go to you too, because 
I know you guys have a great relationship now and you've been supportive, but you had to go through a big mind shift yourself because you had a daughter for all these years and now you shifted to a son. So what is something that you kind of know now that you wish you know, knew then or something you could offer to parents that are kind of in that mode of wanting to support, but also really worried about the decision that their child's making? I think that, well, first of all, as with any situation or relationship, communication is so important. And being open to conversations without um, shutting anybody down. Um, I mean, you just have to be willing to sit and listen. And and not and for for me as a parent, you know, I'm a fixer. I want to fix things a lot of times. Fix the problem. Fix the problem. Well, sometimes they're not problems that that need to be fixed. They're not a problem at all. But in my mind, if I think there's a problem, I want to fix it. And lots of parents are in that kind of situation. Um, but it listening, but not listening and trying to come up with a contrary answer or, or, well, did you think of this? Or really, you got to listen. What are, and ask questions like, well, so share with me all those reasons that make you very comfortable and, and, assured that this is where you are, who you are. Um, and it, and it's difficult because again, when it's first presented to you, you, it's difficult to immediately get into that mode, but the quicker you can get into the mode of listening a lot more than speaking, you're probably going to be a lot better off because you have to hear what your child's telling you. And it's, it's not what you believe. It's not, it doesn't have to be what you like, but if you love your child, you need to listen to where they're at and what is their reality and, and, and try to accept that sooner than later. Because <laughs> otherwise it will, it will call it. It's to this day, I can tell any parent and you know, based on the timelines that were thrown out, you know, it's been years and Mary and I still have pronoun issues. Yeah. And so for a person that's transitioning, you need to be pa patient with other people, cousins, everybody that was used to seeing you one way. And now all of a sudden you're another way. You can't, you don't have to like it, but you're going to have to be a little bit accepting. You can correct them nicely and pleasantly, but you know, again, it's to this day, it'll pop out, a her will pop out when we're speaking of camp, um, she's, and so those pronouns, that's, it's a tough thing as a parent making that total transition, which I think um, Mary and I are at that point, doesn't mean we still don't have pronoun issues from time to time, but for the most part, you know, we see that Cam has been way happier at this point, not that he doesn't deal with, with issues, and we all do, and he will continue to deal with stuff throughout his lifetime, but uh, we just see 
a comfort level in who he is and a more of a settled happiness, I guess. And so as a parent, I'm happy for that because that's all you want. You just want your children to be happy, but you have to let them go their path. And, and you, can't, you can't force their path because then they won't be happy. You won't be happy and, you know, it can get ugly, you know. And I, I would just tell any parent, you just got to love your child because we never, I mean, I know that Cam has talked about friends that he had whose parents almost like disowned them. They don't, they don't want to talk to them. And I, I can't even imagine that, that is, that is, I understand that initial impulse, but holy mackerel, I mean, fundamentally, they're your child and you need to understand where they're at and what, what they're going through and support them as best you can. And that doesn't mean that someone is always going to be 100% behind their decision, but you still got to be loving. And, and, and once you see that, that they're happier, then you, under, you understand more yeah. about why that was necessary for them. And again, you just, uh, you want to see your child happy. So. That's great advice. Yeah. I think what's interesting too is you, Cam is still Cam. Right. Right. Same child you raised, same child you've always, always had, same person. Right. I think that's parents often fear I'm going to lose my child and you don't, you get your child in a more authentic form that they feel comfortable in. Um, well, absolutely. I, I, I will, you know, say, you know, 100% that, that, you know, you, you, yeah, that's true. I mean, accepting them where, where they're at um, just makes, uh, you know, a whole lot of difference from, you know, not, I mean, I think for us as parents, you know, we couldn't, we would not have even thought not to be there to support Cam at the surgery point. Yeah. I mean, that is so important. And we were both there for that. And we were both there for, you know, a week and a half afterward, however long that they said that, that Cam was not going to be able to be on his own. Um, you know, supporting that because it's, it's um, you know, as much as that's Cam's decision and he was happy about it and it was probably one of the few people in that position at the, at the hospital as the doctor had said, you know, most folks that are getting a mastectomy at that point, you know, are, are dealing with other kinds of issues, yeah. you know, whereas if you're transitioning, that's, that's actually a point of happiness, you're, you're, you are, you are getting to be who you are right. and who you want to represent. And that's something to celebrate, yeah. which I don't know that, you know, everybody understands that, but, uh, you know, I know Cam shared that with us, how much that meant, um, you know, to make that change for him to be comfortable. I think what's really interesting too is, you know, we were saying the numbers too about how, you know, transgender 
have are at risk for depression and suicide and things like that. But what's interesting is, and I think the reason parents are like, don't make that choice, which first of all, it's not a choice, right? <laughs> or you wouldn't make it because it is right. a really hard one. But I think the other big piece of if the parents are supportive and still loving, that diminishes that risk substantially. I mean, that risk is there because they're being rejected by their parents. So if we're saying you don't shouldn't do this because it puts you at risk, well, we can prevent that by accepting. And I think it's really hard. And I, I know too, um, people worry about what other people will think. And I've heard people say to people, oh my gosh, I'm so like to parents, oh, I'm so sorry. How are they handling that? Like their child is going through, right? So what do you say to, to that, David? And then I want to finish with you, Pam. But David, what do you say to like how par other parents respond to you about this? I don't know that I've dealt with it enough quite yet where I've had someone say exactly what you said, but I can say that there are times when you might feel uncomfortable that we haven't gotten together with everybody. I don't think in the entire family since Cam is transitioned. And I think, you know, I am really grateful because some of the closest family members have been very supportive. I, I can't think of direct family members, um, you know, that, you know, that haven't been interested in Cam's well-being and transition and, and whatnot. But I would say um, if I have a parent that or someone that is trying to act like, oh, my, this is something I'm sorry. I, well, you don't need to be sorry because my child is happier now than they were. And and I and it may be hard for you to understand at this point. Uh, because you may not have gone through it, but it's not something to, uh, you have to learn that it's not something to grieve about. Although I think you need to, I think parents go through a certain grieving of a loss of one thought process of who their child was, and then uh, learning to accept that next one as wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, and, and so if the person going through their transition has to understand that parent is maybe going through some of those things. And maybe moms with a daughter may be tougher than the dad going through it with the daughter. Because again, you know, the things you, you think about um, as a parent that you're gonna celebrate with your daughter through her lifetime, change a little bit when you're gonna be celebrating. There's still celebrations, but, but again, you know, none of it's easy, but, um uh, the the love and the support that's key that the sooner that a parent can support their their child um in a loving way the better off their your child is going to be so if you're interested in in helping them and having them to be happy and not depressed then then you need to do your part in showing them how much you love them and support them and and that that this transition doesn't change a thing yeah. with regard and and you know to support cam is the same person that cam has always been very thoughtful very loving very um 
I mean, I'm always amazed at how well-spoken he is. Um, and so, you know, I'm proud of Cam. Uh, that never really changed. I think my always biggest fear was that Cam was going to be happy <laughs> because you want your child to be happy, but yeah. I see he's happy. And, and so again, someone going through it, you need to, again, that's, it takes time. There's no switch that you can, and immediately everybody's going to be where they need to be, yeah. but getting back to communication, counseling, whatever, um, facilities are out there to help you I would encourage someone to take part in because I think counseling and therapy help both parents and the child to get through this thing to understand you know because you don't I mean everybody doesn't understand you're not always equipped to, to handle those kinds of things you have a certain way in your mind that things should be but so yeah, seeking help and not being afraid to seek help um, is important. That's great. Really, really good advice. Cam, any parting words that you want to share just for people to kind of understand and knowing that people listening here are parents, any kind of words of help or encouragement for parents on how they can best support their kids who are either have already come out or, you know, maybe opening the door to allow their kids. Cause I think that's hard too, is we may be closing the door cause we don't want to hear it, but then we're not allowing our kids to be their authentic selves. So how to open that door and allow our kids to speak up. Right. Um, I think one of the like biggest things that it's it's not necessarily a comforting thought but like as parents you're gonna have to come to terms with the fact that you are never a hundred percent ever going to understand your kid and like in the sense of like their transition um the only way that you would a hundred percent understand like what they're feeling and like what they're going through is if you felt the same and most of the time parents don't um but you can get pretty dang close. Um, so I think um, overall, it's really important to, like my dad was saying, is listen and don't just like listen and act like you're listening and then like be like, okay, but have you thought about this? this, this? Um, you need to actually um, what I like to call reflective listening is be like, hear what your kid's saying and then be like, okay, so what I'm hearing is that you feel this way, this way, and this way, is this correct? And then normally your kids either going to be like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or they're like, no, I was trying to say more something along these lines. So it allows that open communication where it doesn't feel judgy on either side it opens up to because like communication doesn't necessarily mean that you're comprehending what you're communicating about and so it's really important to have a really open mind and try to not let all of like previous things you thought were 
like right or wrong and like what you might think is something that's wrong like just be there for your kid and just listen and let them know it's a safe space and that regardless of you not understanding it that you are never gonna stop loving them and being there for them um because like my dad was saying I do have friends who are kicked out and disowned just for being gay um and I have another friend who is still in the closet that won't say anything because he knows that the moment he says something to his parents his parents are going to disown him so like it's just one of those things it's like there's no right there's no like one right way to be there for your kid there's no handbook which we all wish there was <laughs> but it's just making sure that your kid feels heard and validated and loved throughout the entire thing and it's okay to disagree with them and it's okay to voice that but it's how you voice it and how you bring up your concerns to your kid um so just being aware of your tone and how you're bringing things up um, through the process, you know, and it's just not, and it's not just on parents either. Cause I know when I originally came out to my parents, I was very defensive. Anytime they disagreed with me, I would get backed up in the corner and I, I was ready. And my like voice would automatically start raising because like, I was already like, okay, they're not, you know, um, and that was on me. And like to the kids if they're watching this um be patient with your parents <laughs> they've known you for x amount of time as this person and it does not happen in a blink of an eye to train change to this same person just with a different name and pronouns um for me my biggest thing was my name first like, I was like, I don't care about the pronouns right now. It'd be nice, but I know pronouns are a lot harder to change than a name is. So I was like, let's just work on the name. And then, like, I would remind them of my pronouns here and there and be like, yeah, she was, hey, it's he. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Sorry. You know, um, but no. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.